to another episode of Dr. Me First. I am so excited to be sharing this episode about balance after kids with Dr. Mega Argawal. She is an amazing cardiologist. She's a hashtag mom of twins in her last year of residency. And she talks about how she was diagnosed with prediabetes with a normal BMI and how it shook her shit up. And she decided that she needed more balance in her life. So join us in this conversation and then stick around afterwards for my kick of encouragement. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Mega Argawal. Hey, it's great to have you on here. Hi, Erin. Thanks for having me on here. I'm excited for our chat today. Absolutely. Well, tell everybody about your fabulous self and what you're doing in the world. Yeah, thank you. Well, um, so I'm a Southern California native, and I grew up in Glendale, California, right right outside of Los Angeles. Um, and I never thought I was a Southern California girl until I heard my daughter use the words dude and totally in every single sentence she says. And then I knew for a fact I was a Southern California girl. Um, and I went to undergrad here and then I went to med school in New York, came back, trained to be a cardiologist. And now I'm a practicing cardiologist in a town called Ventura, which is right next to Santa Barbara. So it gives me total free range to still use the words dude and totally without feeling out of place. You know, from being a cardiologist and the pressures of medicine and things like that, I realized that we don't really get enough time to counsel our patients on things that are important for their heart health. And from that, I started this passion project slash hobby called HealthWise. And so I collect information on there for patients, physicians, friends, family members, for anyone who's interested, tips on how to be more health wise. And so, yeah, and so I'm here uh, just trying to spread the word about all that good information. Well, I love it so much. And I love the word that you're bringing to us today, which is balance. Give me some background on why you pick this word. So in my journey for medicine, uh, and to become a cardiologist, it, you know, my whole life I've been told by my parents, you know, girls are as good as boys. You can do anything you want. There's no, there's no kind of glass ceiling. There's no limitation. Sky's the limit. So enter the field of cardiology, uh, which I chose to go into cardiology because I loved, you know, seeing my first open heart surgery. I wanted to do procedures on the heart. And then I became a cardiologist. I had to make a decision if I wanted to go into interventional cardiology, which is doing a lot of procedures, a lot of hands-on work, or if I wanted to be a general cardiologist. And it was a tough decision because around the same time, I wanted to have children or at least start trying to have children. And, you know, being in a cath lab all day meant radiation exposure and risk for being pregnant and things like that. So I really had to make a choice at that time. And that time I chose not to do interventional cardiology. And it was almost a little bit of a tough pill to swallow because all my classmates went on to do additional training. And I felt almost like I'd taken a step back in my career, but 
I think later, after I started practicing, I realized that my life had so much more balance in it because I didn't take this extra step and that, you know, I was happy where I was and that just sometimes doing more and pushing yourself to go down this path that almost seems automatic doesn't necessarily bring you happiness and throws off your balance. And really, I think ever since I've been in practice, and especially after having kids, I always am looking for ways to kind of get my balance back, whether that's in career, whether that's in my fitness, which was completely off balance after having children, and even my nutrition, which was completely off balance after having children. Yeah, absolutely. The story you're telling me is bringing back deja vu. So one of my favorite attendings you know, family medicine, we go with everybody. Her name is Dr. Yella Manchilli. Shout out to her. I really give her mad props. But her and her husband were both cardiologists, and she told me this exact same struggle that she had as a female cardiologist. Do I move on to interventional or do I not? And I think it's a common struggle for many women in specialties, especially like you said, looking at the other risk factors of, you know, radiation exposure, extra time during childbearing years and all of that. And I just so appreciate you sharing your story as far as what your journey has been like. Yeah, absolutely. Just because I think, you know, trainees out there should really understand that ultimately the final end product you choose it doesn't matter what anyone else's opinion is. You know, it doesn't matter if you're attending things you sell, you sold yourself short or, um, you know, if you've disappointed a mentor, it ultimately depends on what makes you happy. And if, and if look, if achieving further and harder makes you happy by all means, you will need that for your balance, right? For your happiness with your career choice. But if it doesn't, by no means should we feel this pressure and let it throw off our balance. Well, talk me through a little bit about how you went from unbalanced to balanced after having your kids. Yes. So after I had my kids, so I actually had twins um, in my very last year of training. And, um, you know, for any of the other twin mamas out there, I, you know, they were my first set of kids, so I didn't really know better. So it was all chaos all the time. And I remember when, after I'd brought, after we had brought the kids home, our son actually had to go back uh, to the hospital and stay in the NICU for an extended week. But we had both of them home for one day. And, and after our son went back to the NICU and we just had our daughter at home, my husband and I looked at each other, I think after day two, and we're like, oh my God, this is so much easier just to have one of them here than than to have both. So it was just all sorts of chaos because I had them during my training and I didn't want to extend my training too far, um, uh, you know, past my three years. I went back to work at about six weeks um, after having the kids. So I remember there were days where I would leave the house and come home and I hadn't even seen the kids um, until it was time for like that 4 a.m. feed. So it was, everything was balanced towards work 
and nothing was balanced towards family, um, towards that work-life balance. And then there was no time for myself and there was definitely, you know, no time for making healthy decisions or anything like that. And I would say really that continued till at least they were one years old. Um, and when, when my twins turned one, I had taken, a, you know, the two, three months before that, I had taken a few months off where I wasn't working, not to just spend time with the kids, but to study for my board exams. And um, after that, when I started working, when the kids had turned one, that was when I was like, okay, I need to create some balance in my life. You know, I love spending time with my children, but I want to feel like I can carry my kids and my back doesn't hurt. And I want to feel, uh, you know, good about what I'm feeding the kids because at one years old, they start eating foods and stuff. And so that was when I first kind of started exercising again. And, you know, at that time, I was just starting off in a new private practice, uh, the only female in a private practice. And so that had its own challenges, you know, you don't want to be the, the, the person calling out because the child is sick, you don't want to look like the weak gender, um, you know, you want to say, hey, look, I can hold my own. So at that time, I started just, you know, really exercising one day a week. And it was, I remember I would, if anyone follows the fitness marshal on YouTube, I would do his dance videos because I love to dance. So I started just doing his dance videos in the morning while my husband watched the kids. And um, I started incorporating it one day at a time. And, and by, the, by the end of my first year in practice, I had increased my exercise frequency to about two days a week. And you know, while that doesn't seem like much, it just automatically put me in a mental space that was much better. I felt like I had time for myself. I felt that that gave me a break. It gave me mental peace. It released these endorphins in my body and it made me a better mom. So it made me more efficient with my time with the kids, you know, where I didn't have my um, head in my phone or I wasn't doing, you know, just chores just to have more time with the kids, right? With the kids playing, playing near me. And then, you know, my, when the kids, when my twins were about, I, I want to say they were about two and a half, three years old. I think they had just turned three. Um, I had, you know, gone for my routine one year annual follow-up and, you know, you'll be able to, uh, to understand this as family practice. And I was told that my hemoglobin A1C was elevated, which is a marker for pre-diabetes, and I was floored, you know, and I, and I told my colleague, you know, I, I exercise two days a week, but I exercise, and, uh, you know, I eat what I consider to be a healthy diet, and, you know, I wasn't, yeah, I mean, I was still carrying probably five to ten pounds of my baby weight, you know, post-baby uh, weight, but that you know, I was of a normal BMI. So I didn't understand how this could be. And so that's really kind of where my health balance journey started. And I started to really question, what am I eating? Why am I eating? You know, why do I think this is healthy? What makes something healthy and what doesn't? And additionally, I really looked into kind of mindful eating. And that was really what made the major change from anything I've tried before 
in terms of health and nutrition and where I am now. And that was, and, and, and mindful eating really kind of just goes back to, you know, the why am I eating? And it's okay to eat things that you just want to eat for the sake of wanting to eat something. And that we have to be cautious that we don't put food on a pedestal and, um, you know, make the food have more value than it really deserves. Because then it's like, it's like that bad, you know, it's like that bad ex-boyfriend that you can't live with and can't live without, right? And, and um, you have this horrible relationship with food that just leads to really bad cycling and no balance whatsoever. So I would say, you know, kind of my journey there has now been such that I'm so much more balanced. I eat more of everything, you know, I, I probably, I at least, and while I might be actually eating less overall junk food, mm -hmm. I probably feel like I'm no longer restricting junk food, you know, that if I want it, I eat it. And therefore, I mentally feel more balanced. I love that. Because actually, right before we got on this call, I'm a little bit hungry. And I ran upstairs to my refrigerator and I was looking, I was like, do I really feel hungry? So I grabbed some cut up green peppers that I already had and came downstairs and, you know, was munching on them. And then I found my peanut M&Ms. And again, I was like, do I really want these? And I was like, actually, yes, I do. <laughs> so that's my mindful eating balance today. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like when you eat those peanut M&Ms with that in mind, then you're less likely to just go through the whole bag, right? Because if you think, yeah, you know, I'm just craving this because I'm craving a little chocolate. I'm in the mood for this. You're going to eat it until that craving is complete. Whereas if you find the box or the, you know, bag of M&Ms and you're like, oh, I better eat these before my kids see them and eat them, which totally used to be me. Um, you're going to make sure that bag is finished and it's finished in the closet before your kids find you. <laughs> Absolutely. And it, it does. It changes the relationship that we have with food. It becomes more about nourishment and what you need for your body rather than, oh, no, 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 I can't have that. And then like secretly scarfing it all in right exactly and and I will say that since I've eaten and, and yes I'm eating more balanced by mostly increasing the fiber and the protein so the vegetables and lean sources of protein um, in my diet you know my periods have become regular my moods have been more stable uh, I feel more energetic and uh, you know even though my kids are now five I feel I can carry them no issue and not have a back problem. Whereas three years ago, I couldn't say that. And they were half the weight or not, maybe not half the weight, but less heavy than they are now for sure. And I love that you're showing this whole journey on your website health wise and also on your Instagram account. Yes, absolutely. So on my website, I kind of just go through these different pitfalls that I've had in the past, like, for example, a movie theater, you know, I remember I'd go to the movie theater and just even before walking in, I'd think, oh, no, my husband's going to ask me if 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 I want to share the icy with him, if I want the popcorn, do I want butter? Do I not want butter? But I really want the candy. Which one should I get? And it was it would almost bring me a little bit of anxiety to go to the movie theater and think, oh, I'm just going to blow my diet. It's not even really what I want to blow it on, you know? And um, so on the website, I gave the tip of, 
you know, if you want popcorn, get popcorn, but do you really need to get the extra large? Maybe get a small, maybe share it, you know? And what we'll do when we go as a family of four to the movies, you know, we'll get one small popcorn, we split it in four tins. And I, I tend to find that our generation, we're a eat until your plate is full type of generation, I, until your plate is empty, sorry, the opposite. Um, eat until your plate is empty generation. And so if you have, you know, a quarter bag of popcorn or a half bag of popcorn, when the movie starts, you're kind of mindlessly eating until that popcorn box is done. So if you can not have the popcorn in front of you, great. But if, if you're going to be in an environment where it's there, have some, but just put less in your box. And once it's done, your mind is going to be like, okay, I'm done. I've finished my popcorn. I've finished my plate. I'm done. And you end up consuming less calories. You don't feel guilty about it. You actually enjoy the popcorn and the movie going experience without it bringing anxiety and stress and you know, working on your waistline. Well, Dr. Argawal, it has been so great. I love your tips. I love your website. I'm excited to follow you more on Instagram because I think we all have our struggles when it comes, and one of mine definitely is this food. So thank you so much for coming on and being a guest for Dr. <laughs> Me First. Absolutely. My pleasure. I'm kind of laughing at myself right now because as I am editing this podcast, I'm still eating that same bag of peanut M&M's <laughs> that I was talking to Dr. Argoal about. I'm kind of proud of myself that I've rationed them out and I only eat them when I'm really hungry. This whole mindful eating thing, let me tell you, it's where it's at. No shame in our game. Just being aware of our body and how it's feeling and the triggers when it's hungry and thirsty or stressed out and not trying to numb it out, but instead of give it what's nourishing, what's strengthening it, what's going to pleasure it instead. So that's my kick of encouragement today is just start noticing. Don't put judgments on things. Don't assume don't think that your observations are 100% truth. Because I'm telling you, most of the time, the thoughts that we have, they are just downright wrong. They're not really actually stating the facts. It's like the facts then like covered in all of this other, like a peanut M&M. The peanut is in the middle. It is the truth. But then it's covered with this whole layer of chocolate and then the crunchy colorful stuff. And like you really got to get down to the nut to know really what's going on. And the only way that you can do that is just to observe. And when you notice you're starting to go into judgment, when you notice that you're starting to like escalate into a thought tornado because of something that triggered you from an old thing in the past that brought up all old emotions, just go, whoa, 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 whoa. We're just simply looking at our thoughts. You know, I really learned this well when I started doing meditation with Dr. Jill Wiener. Check out those episodes back there a while back, but they're super good. When as part of the meditation, the first thing that you do is you say, I am releasing all expectations or outcomes from this meditation. I'm just here. I'm just now. And so I encourage you to do that. Just observe. See what's happening with you. Check out this mindful eating stuff with Dr. Argawal and many of my other guests and start 
layering yourself with love and compassion and just pure observation rather than self-judgment, negative self-talk, and all the ick that we've piled on over the years. So my friend, I hope that you are having a great kickoff into summer. I want to encourage you to think about jumping more into the Dr. Me First community, whether that's joining me on Patreon and being in our Patreon group, whether that's picking up my new Kindle book, Dr. Me First on Amazon, whoop, whoop, or if it's jumping on a call with me, I would love to do any of the three of those. And hey, I'm still waiting to hear from you if you haven't dropped me a message or a note on Instagram and LinkedIn because I want to know you. And please remember, as always, your life, your calling, your pulse matters.